All right, this is the Sharp Square Podcast post-week 7 of the NFL. Do this every Monday. Well, it's turning out to be every Tuesday uh, because our five picks in the Super Contest have had a lot of Monday night games. Uh, We do this every Monday. It's called Hindsight 2020. Go over the five games that me and Mike played in the Super Contest Mainly because want to own up. I think too many betting-related podcasts, they give you the info, they give you their picks, they boast about them, they tell you how sharp they are, and then you never really hear post-picks how they did or how they look at them in hindsight. So this is a little exercise I do with all the games I pick anyway trying to add it as a little content uh, to give a little overview of the weekend that was. And the weekend was 3-2. and two. It's been a long time since Mike and I have provided uh, a winning week. And, you know, I should be happier about it. I know I should. Uh, but of course I'm not. Oh, and part of that is because I'm just a miserable fuck. And the other part of that is because it's just not damn good enough. Um, I take this probably way too seriously. But football betting is is a passion of mine. It, it, it's the, one of the few, if not the only, hobby I have. And, you know, maybe I should have picked some type of hobby that brings more joy, but if I'm not smashing my head into the wall, I'm just not living. Uh, So this is the life I've chosen, and I really want to do well, I want to improve, I want to learn, and in doing this podcast... Yeah, look, I, I'm not ever going to claim to be somebody you should listen to for all the winners. Um, you know, I'm not selling picks here. This isn't two for the money. Uh, but, you know, we want to have interesting discussions about betting concepts and theories. And it's just a disservice to listeners if the information we're giving yields in pathetic picks week after week. So having really good weeks is important to me because it shows that these methodologies work and the things that we consider are worth considering. So we should have been 4-1 and one this week, but of course I talk us out of the Falcons, which the line moved from 2.5 to minus 1.5. Falcons win by 2, should have been a winner. I talk us on to New Orleans, another loser. Um, you know, I just we just keep betting against Geno Smith, and in each of his past two games, I think he might be the better quarterback on the field. There's one reason and one reason only Jameis Winston isn't throwing interceptions. It's because he doesn't throw the ball more than three feet down the field, and it's you get this image of the New Orleans Saints as this high-scoring offense, and they're just not that. I talked about this with the Steelers last week, once again against the Seahawks. There are certain stocks that just 
have to be priced low, three points or fewer as a favorite because they just cannot score. I mean, that was pathetic. The New Orleans defense was stellar, other than one of the worst non-calls for offensive pass interference that should have been called on Metcalf. New Orleans completely shut down Seattle. Zero red zone attempts for the Seahawks. But New Orleans couldn't do anything with their red zone attempts. It was just a pathetic game, in my opinion, by Jameis Winston and I should have known better. The signs were there that this is not a very good offense in New Orleans, yet I let the logo on the helmet fool me. I made a horrible decision taking us off the Falcons, putting us on the Saints, and I cost us a desperately needed four in one week. So we were three and two, but again, it's just not good enough, and that's on me. The other game we lost was the Jets. This was one of the stupidest picks I've ever made in my life. There was nothing but ugly on the board. Could have had ugly Detroit. Could have had all sorts of ugly teams out there. But no, I wanted to go against Bill Belichick off of a loss playing a rookie quarterback for the second time. Everything in my being knows that that's a good spot for the Patriots. And if the number isn't right, you just pass on the game. But I got some sort of inkling based on nothing uh, that the Jets were a good side here. The worst thing, the worst thing in sports betting is when you get no value out of your money. Like, at least let me have two and a half hours where the bet's live before it's a loser. This thing was over before they finished the national anthem. The Patriots already had 30 on the board. It was one of the worst sides anyone could have taken the entire weekend. And of course, I offer it up. Uh, Let's talk about something a little bit more on the bright and positive side, since you can all tell that is my uh, great goal in life is to be more optimistic. And in order to be optimistic, I'll have to talk about another person's success. And that was Mike's. Mike had the Bengals. I loved this pick. I've been a little bit, what would be the word for it? Uh, An asshole. That's it. For the way I've been evaluating Mike's picks lately, I feel like Mike was just taking coin toss games and trying to pick the winner. I didn't feel like he was really putting himself on the edge taking some of these underdogs that look ugly, that, yeah, there's the possibility they could get blown out. But he went for it with the Bengals. And, man, he's got a good feel for Cincinnati. And he predicted a flat spot for Baltimore. He saw the potential in the Bengals here. It was a really good pick. And just so I can, once again, jam a fork in my eye, I liked the Ravens in that game, uh, which is all the more reason why it's good I'm playing this with a teammate that has a good feel on some games. Bengals plus six and a half was a great pick at one outright. Uh, We had the Titans right. It was my ultimate decision. I've backed the Titans the last two weeks. Uh, What can I say? A broken clock is right twice a day. So if you're fading me for all of my losers, you've still made plenty of money on me. 
even if you made the mistake in this case to fade the Titans the past two weeks. Um, This was a math play for me. Sometimes I think that there's a value in looking at the changes in the market. Real simple recap here. Two weeks ago, Buffalo plays the Chiefs. Chiefs at home favored by two and a half. Tells me that the market thinks these teams are fairly even, the two and a half being for home field. Well, Buffalo trounces them. Then the following week, Buffalo's a five-point favorite on the road at Tennessee. Tennessee wins the game. The next week, the Chiefs are a five-point favorite at Tennessee. Well, how is that possible? Buffalo is better than the Chiefs. We saw that. And Tennessee, after beating Buffalo, is better than we thought they were. So this is just one of those indicators where you look at a line and based on the way that the market has priced the teams in question over the past few weeks, you can see where a line might be off because of some sort of speculation. And then you have to ask yourself, well, why is it wrong? How could it be wrong? I mean, have you ever been in Caesar's Palace? It's way nicer than my house. These guys know what they're talking about. Well, they have to adjust to the public, and the public likes to bet the Chiefs, especially off the, after the Chiefs had gotten back on track and won and covered against the Redskins the week before. So I was proud of myself for seeing this. It was purely market over speculation. We bet against it. We got a win. Last game, we had the Bucks, And I'm telling you, I don't want to get too caught up in this because I generally have a rule. I don't like to bet favorites who are favored by more than seven. And the reason being is I feel that once teams get up double digits, they sort of take their foot off the gas. They try to let the air out of the ball. And they're not nearly as determined defensively to stop the opposition. This opens up backdoor covers where all of a sudden the team that's down isn't facing the same defense they faced for three and a half quarters and they get garbage points late and it kills your cover. However, when you take a favorite that's less than a touchdown, well, if they are covering that that touchdown, they don't want to give up that lead. They're still determined and they're still in the game trying their hardest. So I feel it's a factor of motivation. But after watching this weekend and paying attention for the past couple of weeks to the enormous amount of favorites that are covering big numbers, it made me think of something. If a team is favored by four or five or even six, what is the book? What is the market telling you? They're telling you this game's going to be close. And the idea of laying a big number like that in a game the market is saying could really go either way is sort of a bad move. But when the line gets higher over a touchdown, double digits even, the market's telling you, yeah, this thing's going to be one-sided. And I think those favorites may have a much better chance of covering his favorites. I've been a dog better my whole life. I like to play underdogs. But I'm learning now 
that too many people parrot professional betters, sharp betters, and just assume that the sharp side is always the under. And the books are getting hip to it. It used to be if you played favorites, you were probably dumb. You were probably square. Well, I've been looking at the past three weeks of people playing favorites and cleaning house while I'm taking bologna sandwiches to work because I'm blowing all my money betting underdogs. It's something to consider, and that's always what we want to do with this podcast. We want to look up to where we got it wrong, own up to why we got it wrong, and then figure out what the hell we've got to do to be better. I've got the first two parts down, and I'm not giving up on the last one. So if you're listening to the show, if you're enjoying the show, stick with us. I'll tell you this, the effort isn't going anywhere. And eventually, law of averages say some winners got to come along with it. This is Hindsight 2020. Thanks for listening. Check us out on Thursday for the show with Week 8 Schemes.